Hey, Catherine, welcome back to Project Healing. Today's topic is a hot topic in the media right now, and especially in social media. If you get on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you are, you're going to quickly find yourself looking at something about Corona's impact on the environment. And as part of our Corona Chronicles, I wanted to talk about what the environmental impact really is and what it actually means. Because you do see a lot of people who are really eagerly making claims that um, COVID has slowed everything down and has allowed us to let the earth heal again. And it's a really beautiful sentiment. But the truth is that the amount of time that we have seen go into repairing the earth from COVID, from what we have seen, the positive effects that we've seen so far, they're not long enough to be really measurable. So we can't really tell what the lasting impact is going to be at this point. While I was doing research for this particular episode, I stumbled on an article that had an interview with Inger Anderson, who is the executive director of the United Nations Environmental Program. And he was quoted in saying that the visible positive impacts are but temporary because they come at the back of tragic economic slowdown and human distress. And I want you to really think about what that means. Does that mean that the good things that we've taken from this are for nothing? Absolutely not. Has the earth begun to repair and heal herself? Absolutely, she has. Have we seen an increase in wildlife? Have we seen dolphins swimming in the canal in Venice? Yes, we absolutely have. But What happens when the world turns back on? That's the real question. What happens when we go back to turning our factories on, when people are back to work, when non-essential employees are driving their cars all over the world again? What happens to pollution then? What happens to greenhouse gases? What can we do about all of this? And this is probably going to be a shorter episode, but I really feel like this word needs to get out about this. So right now, our economy and our way of life has essentially halted. And as it picks back up, we're going to have to ask ourselves how we use what we've learned over this time to really step in and make some changes about how we handle climate change. As everything picks back up, we have to ask ourselves how we use what we've learned over this brief period over these last few months about what our climate impact really is on a day-to-day level. This is kind of like a brief reprieval for planet Earth, but it's also a call to action for us over what our normal day-to-day environmental impact is How do we change that? That's the call to action. How do we make it less? How do we make our carbon footprint less significant? Does it even really matter? So some people say, absolutely, yes, it does. And other people think, well, I'm just one person. What difference can it really make? Well, like I said, this shift has not been long enough to be measurable. And we're also going to be seeing an increase in medical waste. So not only are you looking at increases in toxic medical waste, we're also looking at a huge increase in use of things like styrofoam containers, plastic silverware from to-go orders. What do we do to stop this? How do we change things? Are we just trading things off? So maybe we're seeing less 
emissions, less greenhouse gases, less things like that, but we're still seeing an increase in pollution. We're still seeing an increase in non-reusable products because we're trying to stay safe and healthy and not use things over and over for risk of spreading infection, which is understandable. But environmentally, what is that impact? That hasn't been measured yet. And that we will only know at the conclusion of all of this. To see a lasting impact, we need to explore greener jobs and greener growth in a way that we haven't yet. And before the health of the people and the health of the planet are at risk again, we need to make sure that we're understanding that they're one in the same, that both people and planet Earth can thrive in equal measure. So couple of things that you can do, a couple of things that I want to share that I've done over the past couple of months to decrease my carbon footprint. Um, my husband and I have switched to a toothpaste brand called Bite, and I'm going to link this in the show notes, but they're basically, they're little tablets that you crush up in your mouth and then it turns into the paste when you add water, which keeps you from using plastic tubes that end up in landfills and in the ocean. So more environmental packaging there. And I just recently made the switch to a shampoo and conditioner company called High Bar. I was really nervous to try this. It's a shampoo and a conditioner bar. So you lather it into your scalp and then you wash your hair like normal, but it takes a little while longer because you're, you're applying it like you would a bar of soap to the rest of your body, but you have to get it all through your hair. My hair has never felt so clean and it's never been so like not oily for the amount of days that it, it has felt healthy. It's incredible. So really excited about those changes and the packaging again, it's, it's in cardboard and it has like a wax paper around each, the the shampoo and the conditioner and the cardboard is not covered in wax. It's just natural cardboard still. So you can recycle it and it will break down because it doesn't have that wax protective coating on it. So other things that we can do, um, you're looking at things like DIY cleaning products. A lot of people don't realize that things like Clorox bleach and um, what is it? Fabuloso, like all of those different cleaning products are so full of toxins. And it's not just the idea that you are applying them to your, your plates and your surfaces and everything like that. And your family's consuming them in that way. But the surface runoff, like what you're cleaning your bathtub with is making its way back down to the ocean. What you're spraying your garden with is getting back into the earth. What you're washing your car with is getting back into the drain. Things like that have to be looked at as well. I mean, it's these little things that make a huge impact when you look at millions and billions of people using these toxic products day in and day out. It's not just about personal health. It's about health of the earth, which again is closely related to our own personal health. So you can easily switch out DIY cleaning to DIY cleaning products like Um, my family uses Thieves Cleaner from Young Living. It's a plant-based cleaner that has plenty of studies that you can see that it is equally, if not more effective than things like bleach and other common household cleaners. It's also not damaging. Your child could drink a bottle of this and just flush their system with water versus calling poison control, which is super important for really anybody. You shouldn't be using anything that's toxic to your system like that, but also in a house with kids or animals, it's nice to know that the products you have are safe. Um, beyond that, if you don't want to buy something from a company like an MLM or anything like that, you can use vinegar. Use hydrogen peroxide. kills mold better than anything. Um, baking soda to make a paste out of it. That's what we use vinegar and baking soda to clean our ovens with. And it gets in there 
a little bit of elbow grease, and it's clean. You're not putting some toxic crap into your stove and then turning it on into your stove, into your oven. You can tell I'm not the cook in the house. You're not filling your oven, though, with toxins and then also cooking your food in it because that just doesn't make sense to me. What else? You have toxins in your everyday floor cleaners that your animals are absorbing through their the pads on their feet. It's getting stuck in their fur. It's making them sick, your children sick, you sick, and it's making the earth sick. So first, turn it over to your DIY cleaners. Make some more natural things. They are cleaning better than you could possibly imagine. The next thing on this list is something that you should really think about taking advantage of because this is not only good for the environment, it's soothing to the soul to not get as much of this junk mail. And I'm not talking about your inbox. I'm talking about the real life mailbox that sits outside your house. Most of us have our bills delivered via email now, but a lot of people still get junk mail, right? Like car offers, credit card offers, flyers from dental offices and furniture stores and catalogs. Like who even reads catalogs anymore, right? No one orders things out of a catalog these days but we still get it in the mail, especially around Christmas time. So there are actually over 100 billion pieces of junk mail mailed within the United States alone annually. That's crazy. Do you know that is over 100 million trees cut down to produce them? And we're talking about from the forests in Brazil and Indonesia, these, these lands that need our attention and our love, and we're cutting our trees down to tell you about Ashley Furniture's next greatest sale or to send you a pre-approval for a car lot. Like, stop it. It's ridiculous. So how do you get out of this? Because you don't want to get that mail and throw it away every day either. And I know we recycle it, but I'm sure not everybody does. You can go to optoutprescreen.com and to catalogchoice.org. And I'll list these in the show notes as well. And you can put your name on the no longer receiving list on both of those sites. And you're doing the environment and yourself a favor by not getting all of these offers, these pre-approval notices, all of the crap that you really don't want getting in your mailbox anyway. Easy peasy, right? Moving forward, Stop with the plastic bags at the grocery store. If I hear one more person say, oh, you can't even get a plastic bag in California. Okay, good. Good. I'm glad they banned plastic straws. We don't need to liberal snowflake this and Democrats that. Let's just face the fact that plastic's not that good for the environment. Does it have its place? Absolutely. But if there's an alternative to packaging your groceries with plastic and it's better for the environment, is it really any skin off of your nose? to bring a couple reusable bags with you? I don't think so. And if not reusable, can we at least use the paper ones and recycle them? If you're hell-bent on using the plastic bags, I know there are grocery stores where you can drop bundles of them off for recycling as well. Or even bring them back with you if they're in good shape. I know people reuse them for some things at home, and that's awesome way to repurpose, but you don't need to get them every single time, okay? So be more aware of that as much as you possibly can. Grab a couple of reusable bags, use boxes if you want to, whatever it is to cut down on that plastic use. Um, I've even seen people bringing the like the reusable plastic bags, not plastic, but they're like a, I don't even know what they're made out of, like the mesh bags for produce. Or you can even, if you're a bulk food shopper, if you live in an area where bulk food shopping is an option, I feel like it's not really here in Virginia Beach and I miss the bulk department in grocery stores up north, but 
regardless, neither here nor there, mason jars. Mason jars for bulk food purchases. It's fine. Totally can use those. The next topic is something that personally drives me absolutely insane. Unplug your electronics. I cannot emphasize this enough. For the love of God, if you're not actively using it, if it's not actively charging, unplug it. Unplug it. Unplug it. Standby buttons are not the same. Something sitting on standby can still use up to 90% of its normal power in standby mode. 90%. You're only cutting 10% of power supply by putting it in standby mode. 10%. That is not a lot at all. If you were given a 10% chance to live, you'd be pretty devastated with those results. So if I'm telling you you're only cutting your electricity usage by 10%, the emissions by 10%, it's still using 90% of its normal power, it's not doing anything to put it in standby mode. Unplug it. Unplug the toaster. Unplug the phone charger that doesn't have a phone hanging off the end of it. Unplug your phone when it's fully charged and then unplug the charger as well. Stop leaving things plugged in that don't need to be plugged in. Most households have up to 12 chargeable items left plugged in unnecessarily at any given time, which adds up to over two electrical plants worth of electricity each year. That's over 6 million metric tons of carbon dioxide being produced that does not need to be. Okay? So unplug, 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 unplug your shit. Unplug it. Eat local produce. Why does this matter for cutting down emissions, greenhouse gases, pollution in general? When you eat local, you're cutting down on airtime, on um, shipping time with semi-trucks, with delivery trucks, with anything like that. You can be eating less meat because even one meal that's just vegetarian each week can make a huge environmental impact. Reusable metal glass bottles, straws, even cutlery, you can bring reusable forks and knives to a fast food restaurant. You don't have to use their plastic. Maybe when air travel and vehicle travel all spike up again, we're going to see everything return back to normal. These are things that maybe we can't really change ourselves. Maybe we're going to see fuel emissions increase again pollution from air travel, pollution from vehicular travel. But when we have choices in the smaller things and the day-to-day stuff that are in our hands, like our plastic bags, our, our glass containers to drink out of instead of disposable plastic bottles, your food and beverages being in glass in general, it shouldn't be, it's not healthy to drink out of plastic. So you should be drinking out of metal and glass containers to begin with. But this is up to us. Don't be a lazy victim of convenience living. Grab your reusable bags, grab your metal straws, grab your silverware, and do what you can and know that a little bit goes a long way. I know when I was waiting tables, there was a couple that would come in with a reusable grocery bag and a couple of glass Tupperware containers, and they would put their leftovers in those containers rather than using styrofoam. And they brought their own metal straws. And it always made me so happy to see people taking it seriously. It's such a small thing. And don't give me like the, I have a big family, blah, blah, blah speech, because hello, if you have a small child, you have room in your diaper bag to toss a couple of metal straws or 
whatever it is that you need to bring with you. So dig deep into your lifestyle and see what it is that you can change that is actually not that deep of a dig, okay? It's not that difficult to say no to a plastic straw, to bring your own. If it's if it's the difference between the health and the sickness of our planet, why are we so selfish in our convenience? Why do we have to have things so readily available and so easily disposable when we could take two extra steps, one extra step, a half of an extra step just to make it better for the earth, okay? So this this is about healing today in a different way. This is about healing the earth because a healthier planet and healthier people go hand in hand. So let's not throw Mother Earth back to the abusive pits of hell that she's crawling out of right now. Let's focus on the simple changes now so that we can continue to reap her many benefits, okay? Let's help heal her together for now and forever so that our children, our grandchildren, all future generations can really enjoy what she has to offer instead of leaving them this pollution-soaked, filthy existence, okay? Focus on what we can do this week and every week of the year to keep her healthy, right? Thanks for listening today. Again, this is Project Healing, and I'll see you guys next time. Oh,